Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of Acts, chapter 27 and 28. Here's Pastor Ryan. Um, I'm just uh, amazed and amazed and amazed. The worship is undoing me down here. I can't stop crying like a baby. It sounds so beautiful uh, inside here just to hear you guys praising the Lord. But we have so much to be grateful for. First, our salvation, without a doubt. Where would we be, right? Um, But also what he has been doing in our lives ever since that day of salvation. He's done so much. I... uh, as you know, last week was in Bangor, Maine, and, and that too was just a blessing from the Lord. It's a miracle uh, that uh, uh, the Lord would, would call for Clarissa and I to go uh, with Pastor Ken Graves there at Calvary Chapel, Bangor, Maine, and be able to do a men's conference uh, last Saturday and then his three Sunday services. So that was really special and uh, a wonderful time. Clarissa... Uh, was able to do some worship there for the services and she sang great and it was just a a wonderful time the people there are so sweet so tender they love the lord they're so hardcore for jesus christ and they're so aware of the times that we're living in because their church was targeted by the governor uh of maine and so i think there was two thousand cases that were brought up from calvary chapel bangor maine that were heading to the Supreme Court uh, concerning the closing of churches and, and, and closing down. But I guess uh, uh, the time frame of the closures of the church had passed, and so the Supreme Court didn't have to uh, address the case. Uh, but it, it, very, very, yeah, praise the Lord. Uh, and so going there was going there I, I felt like lord i'm preaching to the choir you know because we're a church who who preaches the gospel but also lets everyone know what's going on in the world around us politically and so i felt like what can i add to what they have already uh received from and i think ken's one of the best teachers in the calvary movement a man's man great guy and uh so as i was praying i you know the Lord just shared with me to share what I feel, what, what he has taught me is a need for men within the body of Christ. Some of the things that I've, as a pastor, witnessed that, that, that is, a, is a need within men and their walk with the Lord. So I kind of focus on those, those issues. And uh, Saturday turned out to be a really good time with the men. There was a packed house. His church, I think they're around 2,000 people. So the men's conference was completely packed and it, it a lot of pastors from the area he sent that church ken sent them out and so they kind of all come back for that reunion and the lord really moved powerfully you know just telling the guys to be the men that god has called us to be to take our roles seriously to take our devotions seriously you know now is high time for us to awake you know i shared with them romans 13 and how uh, the phrase now it's high time it means that what should have been done long ago it's time to get that done and so there's a lot that should have been done a long time ago in our personal walks with jesus that we should start getting to and so that's kind of where i headed 
uh, towards, I shared with them about uh, confront, uh, being confrontational and how uh, I think there's a problem within the church that men are not confronting issues that God is calling them to confront, whether it's confronting the fact that we're called to love our wives as Christ loved the church, to wash them with the word of God, uh, whether it's sin within our children that we're not dealing with, we kind of just ignore, brush it under the, the carpet and hope that God will just take care of it, when all the while God is saying, no, 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 I've, I, I've commanded you to do something you're not doing. So my whole thing was just to get men to do what they're supposed to do and uh, there was another wonderful pastor that I met who also taught alongside with me uh, a brother named Bill from uh, Calvary Chapel Detroit Michigan and he was just a great guy he was seven foot something he played uh, semi semi uh, pro basketball in Brazil and in in Germany so we just had a wonderful time getting to know each other and he's a great guy Um, but uh, Pastor Ken caught us by surprise and did a did a uh, asked us questions in front of the men like how you know he had a list of questions that he asked so you know to edify the men and they were really good ones and so I'm going to see if I can remember any of them I think uh, you know in in my walk with the Lord what were certain things that have helped me all these years to stay strong in the Lord And I was reminded of the time early in my walk where someone said, keep a bookmark in the Gospels. Keep a bookmark in the, wherever you're reading, in your daily reading, just make sure you have a bookmark in the Gospels. So you go from Matthew to John, and when you're done with John, bring it back to Matthew. It's good to see the life of Jesus in your personal life. And so I shared that and just some other things that were really cool. And and so there was a lot of, uh, male giggling and and uh, a lot of testosterone and uh, you know uh, we had fun. Uh, the lobster was tender and sweet, like the people, and a lot more inexpensive than here. The clams, oh my goodness! Lobster rolls, the rivers that are there. Uh, it, it smells mountainy. The pines, the trees. When you're driving down the the highway and the breeze, uh, you know it blows the leaves onto the road. It's like fairy tale. They're they're just floating, and you're just like, oh my gosh, God, you're so good. You're just so good. So it was a really sweet time, and um, a lot of hanging out. Uh, they're great hosts. They live like in a cabin in in the woods. That's. Uh, Looks like a fairy tale. Looks like where Hansel and Gretel lived, you know? And uh, just stunning. Maine is so beautiful, you know? And so that was how our time was. But it's Thanksgiving, right? Let's pray and, and get into... Father, we thank you this morning for your goodness towards our life. Oh, Lord, for all that you have done, Lord, we're going to spend eternity giving thanks for you're worthy of it. And this morning, Lord, we want to give you thanks for our salvation, that our names are written in your book. We want to thank you for this church family you've given us, the little lambs, this new church building with classrooms for the kids, place where we can meet and fellowship. We're just so grateful, Lord. And we also thank you for our country, Lord, even though it's uh, being... (laughs) attacked from within in so many ways yet lord your grace has shined upon it and we pray for it lord that there would be a revival of your word and of your morals and so this morning be with us lord holy spirit speak to us 
I can do nothing without your strength. So help me, Lord. May it be all of you and none of me. In Jesus' name we pray and together we say, Amen. Amen. All right. Here's my Thanksgiving message. Are you ready? In 1620, yes, the best commentators, the best, the, those Puritan guys can, can really teach back then. In 1620, English families known as pilgrims seeking religious freedom in the New World sailed on the Mayflower ship for 10 grueling weeks across the Atlantic and landed on the shores of Massachusetts in November of that year. On November 21st, 1620, the Pilgrims signed the Mayflower Compact and began their Plymouth colony. On the, out of the 102 Pilgrims, only 47 survived uh, till spring. It's freezing up there, by the way. <laughs> At one point, only half a dozen were healthy enough to care for the rest. In the spring of 1621, the Indian Squanto came among them and showed them where to catch fish, plant corn, trap beaver, and was their interpreter with the other Indian tribes. Governor William Bradford wrote, the settlers began to plant their corn, in which service Squanto stood them uh, in good stead, showing them how to plant it and cultivate it. He also told them that unless they got fish to manure this exhausted old ground soil, it would come to nothing. In the middle of April, plenty of fish would come up the brook, and he taught them how to catch it. Squanto had been kidnapped 15 years earlier and taken to Spain, and then to England, and then he was able to escape back to America. During his captivity, he learned English, and through a Spanish friar, he learned about the Lord. While he was in captivity, his whole tribe had died from a plague. And so the providence of God was on Squanto. Pilgrim Edward Winslow recorded in Mort's relation, the first Thanksgiving, uh, that fall in 1621, he said, Our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling, that so we might after a special manner rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much fowl as, as much fowl as with a leap, uh, with a little help beside, served the company almost a week. At which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms. Many of the Indians coming amongst us, and among the rest, their greatest king, uh, Massasoit, with some 90 men, whom for three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it be not always so plentiful as it was at this time, with us, yet by goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you partakers of our plenty. Governor Bradford added, and beside waterf waterfowl, there was a great store of wild turkeys from a man called Staters, <laughs> <laughs> of which they took many beside ven venison, etc. Besides, they had about a, a peck a meal 
a week to a person, or now since harvest Indian corn to that proportion. Squanto was with the pilgrims for over 20 years. He was as he was a godsend to them. Uh, Bradford wrote about Squanto's death, saying, Here Squanto fell ill of Indian fever, bleeding much at the nose, which the Indians take for a symptom of death, and within a few days he died. He begged the governor to pray for him, that he might go to the Englishman's God in heaven, and bequeathed several of his things to some of his English friends as remembrance. His death was a great loss, as half the pilgrims died that first winter. There was the real possibility that they would not have survived another had it not been for Squanto. Governor Bradford acknowledged Squanto was a special instrument sent of God for their good beyond their expectation. In America, historically, during the colonial era, individual colonies would declare days of prayer when times were bad days of fasting uh, when times were real bad, days of thanksgiving when things turned around. America's founders believed in an interactive relationship with God. That's heavy. Isn't that beautiful? They believed in an interaction um, relationship with God. So how the people honored God, so went the country. That's how they believed, that they were really connected to the Lord in that uh, fashion. Uh, they believed if people sinned, he would call them to repent. If they did not repent, he would let judgment come. And when they repented, he would send deliverance. After the Declaration of Independence uh, was proclaimed July 4th, 1776, the first national day of Thanksgiving was declared by the Continental Congress on November 1st, uh, uh, 1777 to celebrate victory over British, uh, the British General uh, Burgon at the Battle of Saratoga. They said the grateful feeling of their hearts join the penitent confession of their manifold sins that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive and blot out of remembrance and under the providence of Almighty God, secure for these United States the greatest of all human blessings, independence, and peace. Abraham Lincoln proclaimed the first annual Thanksgiving. This is why we celebrate it every year. Uh, it was uh, October 3rd, 1863. He said, in the midst of the civil or in the midst of the civil war of unquelled magnitude and severity, I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our uh, benef beneficent Father who dwelleth in the heavens. And I recommend they do also with humble penitence for our national perverseness and disobedience. Oh my gosh. We need that kind of president, don't we? Woo. Commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the uh, lamentable uh, 
civil strife in which we are unavoidably engaged and fervently implore the interposition of the almighty hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes to fulfill the enjoyment of peace, harmony, uh, and union. In testimony whereof I have hereunto set my hand and caused the seal of the United States to be affixed, done at the city of Washington this third day of October in the year of our Lord, 1863, and of the independence of the United States, the 88th, by the President Abraham uh, Lincoln. Pretty cool, huh? For all of our country's faults, I'm blessed that our country has righted so many of those faults. Amen? Amen. God calls us to forgive. We have a great country. That's why everyone's trying to <laughs> try to get here at in, in any way, any means necessary. It's, it's such a, a, a wonderful place in comparison to the rest of the world. God calls us to be a thankful people. And and I believe that this Thanksgiving is probably the most serious Thanksgiving of all the Thanksgivings I, I, in my life. I'm 46 years old. I've been born since 1975. Since then, yeah. Well, anyways. <laughs> but things are so serious in the world. And so it makes this Thanksgiving more special, more serious, more somber, more for us to really consider God when so many people have turned their backs on God in our country. We need to be those that praise the Lord, give Him thanks. Uh, The psalmist wrote in Psalm 107, verse uh, verse 1 through 6, he said, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy and gathered out of the lands, from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a desolate way. They found no city to dwell in, hungry and thirsty. Their soul fainted in them. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of all of their distresses. We give thanks because he saved us. He saved us. In that same psalm, verse 8 and 9, it said, Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. So we have a lot to be grateful for. And then we're reminded by our Lord, because we're Christians, to love him with all of our heart, but then to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that's what Thanksgiving is also about, giving God thanks, but also sharing with, with our loved ones, with our friends, with those uh, less, uh, who are lesser off than us financially, to remember the poor. That's the call of the Christian as well. So... Um, consider that this this Thanksgiving. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, he said, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. 
But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Is anybody convicted by that verse? We, 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 you know, we, we tend to invite those that we are accustomed to, those that, that we hang out with regularly. But it's a reminder not to click up, to say, Lord, I'm here, but I'm open to invite someone who may need an invitation to a dinner. That's what Thanksgiving's about as well, to share in the things that God has blessed us with. Amen? Amen. All right, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to the book of Acts, chapter 27. And give me an amen once you are there. They say that the Mayflower uh, on that journey for the pilgrims, that it was smooth sailing about half the way, and then the the last month prior to uh, landing in Massachusetts, that they got hit with so many storms that they they put the sails down and just let the ship kind of bob around and see where the ocean would take them. So they had hardships on, on that ship getting here. And in our story... Paul the Apostle is is up for a ride himself in 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 a, in a famous shipwreck that's in Scripture. Uh, concerning Paul the Apostle, we know that at this point in his life, he had already been in three shipwrecks. So uh, Paul was the kind of guy that when you saw him at a at a docking port, you would say, uh, "I'll take the boat that he's not on." <laughs> But it, Paul is on his way to Rome, and he's going to stand trial before Caesar. Not for anything wrong that he did. The Jews in Jerusalem had um, falsely accused him. But he's in chains for Jesus Christ. This is God's providence to get the gospel to the capital of the known ro- world, which was in Rome. It's where Paul had, had never been to before. But uh, he's going there now, and he's going there in chains because uh, the gospel needs to get up there. And so I'm calling this the shipwreck that caused life. The shipwreck that caused life. Kind of sounds like your story, right? And mine, the shipwreck that caused life. Paul is in, he's, he has sailed from Caesarea up towards Asia Minor uh, on an Alexandrian ship with 276 persons. He is under the custody of the Roman centurion Julius. We know that the writer of the book of Acts, uh, Luke, the beloved physician, is with him, uh, you know, taking notes and, and, and writing this stuff down. And um, they made their way to the island of Crete, uh, barely making it there because it's it's winter time and the time for for ships to sail on the Mediterranean is just about over it's almost November it's like this time of of year and no one sails uh, at that time and so Paul has warned them not to sail on but to stay in Crete at the port of Fair Havens but the centurion was more persuaded by the helmsman and the owner of the ship than by the things spoken of by Paul. 
And because the harbor that they wanted to sail to was more suitable for, for winter, and the majority said, yeah, let's go there. It'll be more comfortable at the port of Phoenix there in Crete. They decided to, to sail off uh, anyway and, and go west on the south part of Crete to uh, the west side of the island, where from there they can springboard uh, northwest towards Italy. And so we see here, as we talked about two weeks ago, that rather than listening to the messenger of God that they had amongst them, Julius decided to go with the experts, with the professionals. Time and again, God's messengers have been ignored throughout history. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come on out and join us for Sunday services. We now have two services on Sunday, one at 8.30 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel Sweet Hills.